Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. I just want to say, I don't take any of his time, but Pastor Abraham has been in ministry for 45 years and grown from a standing start, the ministry in India and that part of Asia, uh, and he's now reaching more than 600,000 people on a continuous basis, and it's growing all the time. This is not a lightweight man of God. This is a heavy hitter in the kingdom of God, let me say that. And we are honored. Uh, I didn't say anything. Uh, we're honored to have him here. So just receive him and his word. So thank you, Abraham, Pastor Abraham, for the coming this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Pastor Mark. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Heavy hitting is going around my waist. <laughs> Am I? Nothing fits me anymore. <laughs> what a joy and a privilege it is for me to be in BCC with my dear friend, Pastor Mark, and uh, all of you here today. I've been coming here for a few times by now. And uh, it's just like people say, when you are visiting India... They'll say to the people who are coming there for the first time, they'll say, you will either love it or you will hate it. Well, that's how it is. I'm here, either you love it or hate it. Well, that's left to you, but I'm still coming. So that's a good news for somebody and bad news for others. And uh, I was listening to Sophie as she was talking about the freedom that God has given to in this country to worship Him. But you know, like most of us don't really understand what it means unless you see something different in your life. You know, because otherwise freedom is always taken for granted. And you always say, well, this is the way the whole world works. So what's the big deal? You know, you get into your car, or get into a bus, train, you come, enjoy your time listening to the preaching, uh, giving the offering to God and go home. So that's what we think. But I want you to know that a majority of the, of the people in the world do not have the freedom uh, that you have to worship our living Savior. I mean, we don't really understand. I come from a country where we are losing freedom more and more in the last several years. You know, we have always had problems. But it has grown, it has multiplied, and uh, it has become a challenge for us. It has become a life-threatening uh, persecution uh, in our lives. Amen? The last one year, uh, you know, we lost one of our pastors. Uh, what did he do wrong? Just preach the gospel. And he was winning souls. He is from one of the extreme communist group, and he got saved out of that, and, and I made him one of my pastors, and he had a heart for the, his own people. And he was talking, sharing the gospel, and the Lord was using him, and he was winning several of them to the Lord. And uh, the team leader was finding that they are losing numbers, and wanting to know what was going on, and then he found out 
that there's a guy out there, he is converting these people, and they're going to church instead of coming to the camp. So he said, get him to me, I want to talk to him. So he was kidnapped and taken to the camp into the jungle, and he was asking him, what are you doing? He said, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm preaching Jesus Christ that everybody needs. As a matter of fact, you need Jesus Christ, he told the leader. So do I, okay? Then tell me about your God, let me hear. So he picked up his Bible and he started preaching. And uh, preaching with such a great conviction. And he preached that the leader was so much convicted in his heart, he didn't want to hear anymore. He said, stop, stop. I don't want to hear about this God anymore. I don't want to hear anything more. And he kept on speaking and he pulled out his gun and he shot him three times, just a point blank. And my pastor just died and um, gave his life for the Lord. And you talk about martyrs and you talk about books being written about them. But I want you to know there are several, many hundreds of them whose life has been given for God's work, but nobody will hear about them. Amen? So I talked to his wife, his two little two kids, and I said to her, let me take you out from here and take you away from here to some other place so you can just leave this behind as a bad dream. She said, no, Pastor, I want to stay back. She said, I wanted to stay here and continue the ministry that my husband has left behind, and I will do the work of God here. I said, okay. So there she is, still in the same place, Still among the same hostile situation, working for the Lord. Amen? Amen. We lost another pastor. Was killed. He was beaten to death because he was preaching the gospel. Amen? You know, like, it's just another incident. You know, you're listening and say, oh, right, oh, so too bad. Well, it is a life that well lived. It was a life that well spent. It is a life that was given for God's work. Amen? I come here, you know, to this country and I share every time. And one of the biggest needs that I have, which is almost like a broken record of the song, you know, you say, well, I heard it before. I've heard it so many times. Well, hear it one more time because we are absolutely in need. So one of the things that I ask people to support in this in this country is to support a pastor and family in India. And I ask you to give me 30 pounds a month. And I ask you to give me a pound a day. You know, just something that you don't need, you're using that money for. If you can put it in a little tin somewhere, that'll make a difference to a family, a husband and wife, three children, and there they are, preaching the gospel. And they're in a place where the gospel has never been. And I'm so proud to share with you today that out of the 4,500 churches I've started in the last 45 years of my ministry, out of that, several hundreds of churches are in a place where that is the only church in the whole area. That's a great joy for me. You know, we were able to go there, otherwise the gospel would have never been to that place. People have never heard the gospel. They would have never accepted Christ. But here, now we've got a group of people worshiping the Lord. 
because somebody whined. Amen? So that's, that's how the work continues on. And, uh, you know, I look at these men and I, I look at them as my greatest heroes in my life. They are my greatest heroes. I have known and I have, I'm friends with so many big, big pastors, leaders across the world, Cho, uh, Reinhard Bonnke, and Benny Hinn, and all these people are very close friends of mine. They're great men. God is using them amazingly. But to me, they are not my greatest heroes. To me, these men who live and die unknown somewhere in a remote village in India, they are my heroes. Amen? You know, no books will ever be written about them because nobody knows them. No mission conference will invite them to be a speaker. They will live and die unknown somewhere, preaching the gospel and doing and fulfilling the call of God upon their lives. Amen? But I believe that we're going to have a great shock in eternity. Amen? We will know the caliber of this man and their commitment and their sacrifice. Though unknown, but it is in the book of God. He has written it. And he knows what they're doing. Amen? So I want you to pray and ask the Lord, how can we help this, this ministry in India? I mean, the only reason I'm here, I'm not the greatest preacher that you can ever have. You know, which I know. And uh, I'm here to share my heart and my vision to every one of you. And to tell you that there is a nation outside there that needs Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, millions and millions of people have never heard the gospel. Never heard the name of Jesus Christ even once. They say we have got 4,635 people's groups which is what you call the nations. When Jesus said, go into all the nations, he did not mean 217 countries. He mentioned about every ethnic groups, which is almost about 15,000 ethnic groups in the world. And we have got almost 25% of them in India. And the saddest thing is, out of these groups, only 1,200 ethnic groups have ever heard the gospel. That leaves more than 3,000 ethnic groups have never ever heard the name of Jesus Christ. Paul says that everyone who will call upon his name shall be saved. And he puts a challenge to every one of us and he says, how will they call upon him whom they have never believed? And how will they believe on him whom they have never heard? Amen? And how will they hear without a preacher? The challenge comes back to us. We are not called to be having a good time on a Sunday after Sunday. We have been called to be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to be a soul winner. And that's what you have been studying and learning and hearing for the last few weeks. And I'm going to add a little bit more on that today. Amen. We want you to help us. You know, I have got the progression of how I bring somebody into the ministry. You know, they get saved, and I'll be calling out to the people, people who would like to go to the ministry, come and join me in my Bible college. I've never got a 
privilege of going to a Bible school when I got saved. So I'm a kind of a jack of all trades. So don't worry about the theology. It might be a bit wonky, but I'm still surviving anyway. So that's there. But you know what I'm saying is, so to make out for what I missed out, I started 14 Bible colleges in India, all in different languages, training up hundreds of young men. So I'll bring them in there and I'll train them up. And as they're ready to go, then I take them and put them into the ministry under, a, under a, an experienced pastor. And we tried to buy them a bicycle. Because when I started the ministry, I used to walk about 15, 20 miles every day. Not that I liked walking. Because I didn't have the few pennies to pay for the bus fare. That's why I walked. Anywhere I needed to go, I walked. I went to the next town. I walked to different places. That's what most of my pastors do today. So I tried to make things different. Every pastor ministers in 10 villages surrounding where he lives and where he ministers. So we tried to buy them a bicycle. You know, that's make, make a difference. We're not, they're not praying for a car, but they're praying for a bicycle. And it's not the kind of bicycle you guys are known about 55 gears. And, the, and you sit on it and the bicycle goes on its own. But this one, you put your foot down, otherwise it'll be standing still. Right? So that's the kind of bicycles we're talking about. 420 men are praying for a bicycle. It costs about 60 pounds for us to buy a bicycle in India. Amen? And so many other needs that continue on. And uh, this church has been a blessing. Uh, Quite a few people here support our pastors. I'm so grateful to you. But we are still looking for people to come and join us. Now help us to reach the country of India. Amen? You can make a difference. Today, you know, just, we've got a lady here, Sister Christine Clark, who has been working with us for the last more than two decades, lived in India for 10 years, so runs our office here, and she has got some details, brochures, pastor's photograph. If you wanted to sponsor a pastor, you can take one pastor home, or anything else you want to do, she'll be happy to stand next to the, to the coffee bar. So that make you guilty not buying a coffee, you know. <laughs> and uh, so please meet with her and talk to her and do whatever you can. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. And that's what matters. Amen? And you give. And God will bless you. Amen? Hallelujah. And we are grown. We are take care of 17 orphanages. I run seven schools. And I've got about 75 sewing institutes for destitute women. Whatever the needs the Lord puts before me, I'll rise up and do it. Then frantically looking for some money. That's how it goes. Amen? But God has been so gracious to us. So that's how it is. Continue to pray for us. India needs your prayers. And the most important thing is we are going to go for the election in May. And we don't want the present government. They have been creating so much havoc for the last five years. We have been having so much of trouble, so much of burning down churches, so many persecutions. We want to change. Amen? Only God can do that. So your prayers will do a great help for us. Amen? And our churches in India, they are fasting and praying continuously. 
and asking the Lord to help us. And I believe that God will help us. Amen? All right. A little sharing from God's word. It is from the book of Matthew, the gospel, the last chapter, the last three words that Jesus spoke just before he went into the heavens. And that's what I wanted to share quickly. Matthew chapter 28. I want to read verse 18, 19, and 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus revealed himself with the power of resurrection to his disciples. Spent several days with them. And finally, he told them, come with me to the Mount Olives. I needed to talk to you something serious. So he took the disciples to the Mount Olives. And standing on the mountain, he turned around to the disciples. And he said to them, this is my plan. And this is what I want you to do. I'm going to go. But I'll be with you. And I have all the power and authority in heaven and on earth. So I'm giving you a commission. That's what we call the great commission. And Jesus gave the commission to his disciples. And he said, go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them everything that I have taught you. And do it. And I'll be there with you. So I'm there with you always. That's what he finished. And they said, that's nice. As long as you are with us, that'll be fine. And as they were thinking, suddenly the Jesus started lifting up from where he was standing. And they said, what are you doing? You just promised us that you're going to be with us always. So where are you lifting up? And he started moving higher and higher and higher. And the Bible says, as he got there, a cloud picked him up. So what was that cloud? Is that the one that you have in London as you walk out of the room? Clouds everywhere. You know? I've never been to this country this cold any time. I normally come during, you know, August, September, nice time. And I'm freezing. I'm dying. You're okay? I was hiding inside the duvet or whatever you call because I said, Lord, I want to be a little bit alive. Otherwise, I won't be able to talk. It is too cold. And uh, so I'm okay. Amen. So that's not the cloud. The cloud that picked up Jesus Christ was a cloud of angels. And they were waiting for him because the job is to take him to heaven. So they started their journey. A bunch of angels with Jesus. And they're going along to heaven and they're preparing the way and they're preparing the angels who are guarding the gates of heaven. See, it is almost like a VIP moving along. It's like your prime minister coming out of her office. And then you see, not her car, and you see the motorcade, you know, the motorcycles, the the. Um, you know, you are police, the siren going, the lights flashing, and and the uh, place is all cleared up because she's coming. Amen? 
That's how the royal processions, the important processions are like that. Whereas you need to have a clear way to move along. And then you can see all these guys, the police and the, and the pilot, they're all having their walkie-talkies talking. What are they saying? We have started from here and we'll be there in that corner. So make sure that everybody has been kept away and the motorcade is on its way. So it's the same way, these angels were preparing the way for Jesus to get into heaven. So they were talking in their walkie-talkie. <laughs> Amen? But the only thing is angels are better in giving message and singing than talking. So they were singing to the angels who were guarding the gates of heaven. So they sang to them. They're telling the message that this guy is coming. Amen? So they were singing. That's what you see in, uh, in Psalm 24. That is a song between the angels with Jesus and the angels guarding the door of heaven. And they sang like this. They said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. Let the king of glory come in. So that's a message sent by walkie-talkie to the guys who are watching the gate. So they are not very sure about the king of glory. So they sang back. They asked, hey, who is this king of glory? We want to make sure before we open the gate. So they sang back and said, oh, you want to know who the king of glory? He's the strong and mighty. He's the one who is mighty in the battle. He's the king of glory. And they sang again the same thing. And they said, lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be lifted up, your everlasting doors, and the king of glory come in. And the people at the, gate, at the gate, they said, we'll make sure one more time. And they said, hey, who is the king of glory? And they said, you don't know, boys. He's the Lord of hosts. And he's the king of glory. They got the message. Oh, man, he's coming. The king of glory is coming. Open the gate wide. And they opened the gate. And as Jesus came, they fell down on their face onto the ground, worshiping the king of glory. And he walked into the heavens. He walked right through and he came and started climbing up to the throne where the father was sitting. He walked up and stood before the father and the father stood up. And he said to him, my son, welcome home. And he said, come and sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Amen. Hallelujah. And Jesus went and sat on the right hand side of the father. And he looked across to the other side where the third person of Trinity was sitting, who is the Holy Ghost. And he looked at him and he said, you know what? I have done my job. The guys are waiting, 120 men and women. You go and do the job and get them going. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus said, go into all the world. Make disciples. That is a message given not only to the disciples on that day. It's a message given for every one of us today. And the question is this. Because we are kind of lazy and lousy and indifferent, we just don't want to go. Right? So we're always trying to find some kind of an excuse to say why we shouldn't go. And then we always ask a question, why should I go? Well, I want to give you five reasons why you should go. Amen? As I'll finish. The first and the important, the most important reason that you and I should go to reach the lost is the cross. Amen. 
the cross is the most important reason jesus took upon himself every sin that every man has ever committed and he took he chose the most horrible wretched death on the cross the curse upon himself because the bible says that cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree and he chose to die that death why so that whosoever will believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life amen that is the only reason jesus chose to die on the cross he suffered the worst suffering he was beaten up like no other human beings he bled like nobody else and he gave himself when pilate said to him why are you not talking to me don't you know that i'm a judge i can do anything that i want with you he said no 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 you can't do anything he said i'm standing here on my own is not because of who you are is because of my decision and he said if i would just ask my dad my father who is in heaven i said yeah, we need i need a little bit of help over here these guys are behaving a little bit naughty i want to get out of this place and he said my dad my father in heaven would have sent to me 12 12 legions of angels amen 12 legions of angel one legion is 6000 12 legions means 72000 angels what can these angels do you look into the old testament there we read like this one angel came down and he killed 185000 people okay if you know maths if you can do that before i finish you just multiply 72000 by 185000 who will be left in this world but he chose not to he chose to give himself he chose to die on the cross so that people should not perish you are sitting here today because of the cross we are praising the lord because jesus died on the cross because he came and changed our life that's why we are here today why should i go the cross is calling you and me the cross will become null and void if we don't accept the call and go to reach the lost amen number 2 the commandment why should i go because it is a commandment there's no choice we have not been given a choice say well if you feel like it do it no jesus is saying go and do it because that's what i want you to do you are my disciple you are supposed to be disciplined and listen to the commandment that i give you and i want you to do that for me amen the great commission is the greatest command that has been given to every one of us we cannot back off we cannot turn around the word of the lord is coming to you and me and saying hey i want you to do this job amen what is the difference between a command and a, and a choice well choice you don't need to do you can if you don't feel like it but commandment means whether you like it or not you better do it amen there's a traffic light sitting there as a red and a an yellow and a green and that is said there saying you don't cross the red light just because you just bought a nice brand new expensive car and you feel like that like a king around this place so you 
You come through and the light turns red and say, who cares? And you just drive through the light and, and what happens? Yes, there's a light flashing behind you. Amen? He pulls you up and he asks you, do you know what you did? Yeah, I crossed the red line. Why, what's the big deal? Look at my car. You know, look at my, my expensive car that I have. He says, now, to, now it's a ticket. Next time I'll take your car. <laughs> Why? Because it is a command. It's a rule of the country. You and I cannot back off because we obey the rules. And we have been commanded to go. We cannot back off, my dear friends. Amen? Why should I go? Number three, the crowds, the multitudes. Amen? The Bible says, every time when Jesus saw a multitude, he was moved with compassion. Amen? The multitude does something to Jesus. His heart goes after the people. What happens to us? When you go through the busy streets of the city of London, when you're there in a, in a uh, shopping mall, when you're rubbing shoulders with people, people are rushing backwards and forwards, how do you feel about them? I always, when I'm sitting in a bus, in a jeep, in a, in a, in a train, I look across. Of course, you don't need to go too far to find crowds in India. They're all on your face anyway. So I look at them and I ask a question. Where is she going? Where is he going? Does he know Jesus Christ? Does she know him? Or is he going to a place called hell where I don't need to go? Amen. The Bible says Jesus will go and heal every kind of sickness and disease. There's not one sickness he did not heal. Because his heart went after the people. He was reaching out to the people. Because he wanted them, their life to be changed. The Bible says he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. He saw them all scattered abroad. He wanted to touch their lives. And he's asking you and me today, touch them the way I touch them. He wants us to have a heart of Jesus Christ. Who has known the mind of God, he says. And then Paul says, but you have the mind of Christ. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. He has given it to us. And we have to develop this attitude towards multitude. Attitude toward the people who do not know him. Build a compassion in your heart. Let the heart of Jesus be transferred into our hearts. Amen? And number four, why should I go? I should go because of a great catastrophe that is on its way. The Bible is saying that we are living in the last days. I believe that we are in the, living in the last moments of the last days. This world is not going to get better. If you're thinking that way, it's not. It's going to get worse. We are living in a time that sin and perversion has gone to its maximum. It's a horrible life out there. It's a horrible generation out there. With all these modern gadgets and all these kind of things, morality is not there anymore. People don't care about anyone. 
A human being doesn't care about killing somebody else or not even feeling bad about it. That is a place where you are living today. Amen? This world is kept for fire. And Peter says it will burn one day. Amen? Everything will fall apart. Everything that we have built and kept safe for ourselves is not going to help. Because a great catastrophe is on its way. We have to tell the people, hey, come. Everything that you have is not going to help. Come to Jesus. Let your life be changed. We have to take off from this place. There's a place that is safe waiting for you and me. That is eternity. Amen? Number five. Let me call, close my Bible. You know, when I, when I preach across the Bible, that really gives a kind of a false security and, <laughs> and feeling for the people. You know, they think, okay, he has closed his Bible, so it's a plenty chance for him to, to finish his preaching. Well, by the way, I was not looking much in the Bible. I kept it open so you'll feel good. So <laughs> I'll close it now, and I'll finish, try to finish myself, okay? And number five, why should I go? It's because of the crown that is waiting for you and me. Amen? He's waiting for a crown which is almost like, you know, the reward of what he has given us. What we have done for him. Amen? A crown is something that should be studded with all the precious stones and everything. That's the way it should be. Amen? And he'll give it to everyone. Paul says, in his last words, he says, I have fought the good fight. Yes, I have finished my course. I kept my faith and for unto me a crown of righteousness is waiting. And not only for me, for everyone who, who is waiting for his coming. Amen? A crown. And I always think like this, you know, some of the people who did nothing for God, they'll be standing there to receive their crown and some of the crowns will be like a cowboy hat. Nothing will be there. Because you didn't do anything. You dragged yourself into the heaven and saying, oh God, I made it. And what kind of a crown that God can give that to a person? He wants to look at you and put a crown on your head and say, my good and faithful servant, enter into my glory. Amen? Go. Go into all the world. And But we always say, but I don't know what to say. I'm not good eloquently. I can't speak well. I don't know how to preach. I'm not like a preacher. I'll say one more thing and I finish. Remember when Jesus was wanting to go into Jerusalem, he was sending his disciples and going to the village just opposite you and there you will find a, a, a donkey and the colt. And you untie it and bring it to me. And he said, if somebody asks you, why are you doing this? Everybody listen to me, please, as I finish. Why are you doing this? Then you should tell that person, the Lord wants it. Amen? So what is the message that you need to speak? How many of you can say, the Lord wants it? Please raise your hands. All you need, that's all you need to say. Can you say that much? Okay, you got it. You don't need to preach a seven-point message. 
You don't need to preach such a deep message that nobody understands. Amen. All he is asking you is say to him the Lord wants you. You know what happened? And immediately he will say take the donkey and give it to him. The donkey is yours. Amen. With a little word. Stand with me please let's pray. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Going to all the world. Preach the gospel to everyone. The Lord is calling out to us friends. Going to all the world. We cannot be selfish. We cannot be just satisfied because we are saved, you're going to heaven. There's a world outside. More than half of the world's population has never heard the gospel and God has not given the responsibility to the angels but he has given to you and me to take the gospel. The question is, would you go? Would you go? In whichever capacity would you go and take the gospel? If you would, I want you to lift up your hands towards heaven and we'll tell the Lord God, I want to go. I want to reach the lost. I believe the time has come. I believe the time has come, Lord. I got to do it. I got a call in my life. I got a mandate, Lord. Lift your hands up and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for today. What a great challenge that you've given to us, Lord, to go and preach the gospel, make disciples. I pray your anointing will come upon everyone. Lord, you will give us, Lord, the desire, the compassion that you had for the people who are lost, Lord. Help us to be truly the witnesses of Jesus Christ. I bless everyone here today, Lord. May God's name will be glorified. Just as I'm praying, just the Lord is showing a couple of... Somebody had a fall about, about six months ago and you hurt your back. And you are living with it. It's not helping you. But today the Lord is saying, He's healing, He's touching. I can see Him. And if you are the person, please raise your hand because you are going to be healed today, right there, right this moment. The Lord is just showing me very clearly. The Lord is touching and healing you in the name of Jesus. The Lord's healing power is here. He's setting your back right in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The Lord is touching a lady here. You have been struggling with a problem of the women. And the Lord is healing you right now. I want to reach out and touch him today. The Lord is setting you free in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Somebody who has been struggling with a kidney problem. And the Lord's hand is coming upon you. He's setting it right. Not dialysis, but a, but a healing for you by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, I pray for everyone who's struggling, suffering with any kind of sickness and disease. I command the people to be healed in the name of Jesus. God's name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.